0: Services. There are a few people that emailed me that they were a bit unwell or had COVID. There's always homework to do. There's always a podcast to see. If you go on our Facebook page, the discipleship, discipleship task is always there. So just because you're not at church doesn't mean that you get off uh, scot-free from uh, listening to the sermon and doing your homework. So there's always that. But uh, as we meet today, we come across this beautiful prayer that our Lord Jesus has prayed not only for those people that are there, but also for us here today. He says, I pray for the ones that are here, but also for the ones who are to come because of the word that is shared by those that are there. We come together as people in Christ, gathered as one. This is the prayer he shares for all of us. He prays, all, he prays that people throughout all time may be one. And when we think of unity, we think of unity in, a ve- in many different ways. Jesus has a particular idea and shares this in the prayer. Jesus asks that their unity may be grounded in us. He says that the, gro- that the unity is grounded, our unity is grounded in the Godhead. It's not just unity for the sake of someone's glory. It's not unity for the sake of someone else's purpose but our unity is for the purpose of God and redeeming and restoring all of creation and gathering around to be focused on the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. The prayer invites us to an eternal indwelling and it is in this conscious, conscience, I always, always get that mixed up with conscious, don't I? conscious um, intentional decision for us each and every day, to agree that our oneness is in the eternal us. Jesus does not really talk about an institutional unity. He does not talk about a church that is unified in terms of buildings or organisations, but he talks about a living, organic unity that is formed in the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. In many ways, we, need to, we have moved away from the idea of unity and are going into this idea of conformity or uniformity. We have a church building that, that, that has a lot of people in it and we seem to think that by having an Anglican service, there is only one way to have a service. And I've had many priests tell us, that well, there's only the one way to do a service and there's only the one way to be. And yet when you look at our prayer book, there are many ways and it says this may be done. Some things have to be done, but other things may be done and other things don't need to be done. So how do we find our unity? Well, it starts with the oneness of us. It isn't a forced conformity. It is not me saying you have to be like this or you should do this. I've had many situations where someone has come in their families possibly falling apart, and they've sat in the back row, and they just haven't had the will to stand up. They've just, wanted, they've just come in sobbing, they've just wanted a sacred space to dwell in, and yet I've had someone say to them, you're not standing for the gospel, please, you've got to stand. We've got to understand that unity in God doesn't mean uniformity. And so as Jesus prays for unity... He's also praying about the Godhead. He's showing us that in the Godhead, we've got the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, three different persons. And it blows my mind every, try, every time I try and think of this Godhead, the Trinity, three persons doing different things at different times or all at the same time. It blows my mind that we're saying Jesus is here and he is in every other worship space that is having a service between 10.30 and 11.30 all at the same time, all at, all in the same way. It just blows my mind. So I don't even try to understand it. I just say, thank you, Lord, for blessing us and blessing all the flocks that are worshipping today. But yet, that is how we maintain our unity. Jesus is with us here, as he is across the road, as he is wherever else a service is being held. We must never forget that Jesus' love Extends to anyone that calls him Messiah and Christ, and that's what we do. So, the unity of purpose, the unity for us, isn't about conforming to ways of worshiping God, it is to for us, it is our focus. It is not saying how do we pray to God because I pray differently, you guys pray differently. Indeed, Saint Paul talks about this in the letters in his letter in the Corinthians. He talks about the body of Christ being a foot, a hand, an eye. And he challenges us to say, well, which part of the body is more important? Your eye might see things, but if you don't have feet, you can't get there. So we've got to think about the fact that our body has everyone in it. Similarly, our spiritual giftedness. Some people are teachers. Some people have the gift of prophecy. Others can discern spirits. Other people can have dreams. I, I grew up knowing my relationship with God through dreams. And, and when I read the book of Daniel and the book of Ezekiel, I understood it. It made sense to me. When I read Joseph, I thought, yep, I got it. I understand that way of thinking. Whereas other people that were, were my friends just couldn't get into it. They just didn't understand how. But yet they understood it in a different way. You see, when we talk about having a focus and a purpose for God, we bring all that we are and all that we have to help others reach God. Our spiritual gifts and our spiritual intent is paramount to that journey. And if we try and break down unity into conformity, then what we're doing is we're breaking down diversity. If someone was to come into this church... And the only way we understood God was through through a spiritual gift, say of. Just thinking off the top of my head here, and I've got a bit of time because we've got we've got a, we've uh, we've got a bit of time in our mind. But I can see I can see that the slides are back up, so I better behave. Um, through through our ability to discern spirits, if the only thing we could do, do was to discern spirits and someone came here seeking someone's help to discern this gift that they're getting of prophecy, how do we empower them? And yet there might be, in our congregation, there might be someone with a gift of prophecy, a gift of healing, a gift of discernment of spirits. You see, the the more diverse we are and the less conformed we are, the greater our capacity to support each other and nurture each other in different ways. And that's what God wants. If you read about it, He wants God's gl- Jesus is praying for God's glory to constantly be released in our lives. And we can't release God's glory, this glory that spreads through all people and all nations, if we say we're going down one path. So I, I guess I read this and I'm so encouraged by it. Because spiritually it allows me to live a life that is connected to God. But yet it also talks about our ability to live a life that is a physical encounter with someone else. Yes, the spirituality is there and we've got to be diverse in our spirituality, but we've also got to be diverse in our capacity to meet others and to greet others and to bring God's word to where they are at. Jesus doesn't say for them to stay in a room. Indeed, on Pentecost Day, when we come across that next week, they're all in a room and they're all holding on to whatever, whatever's left of their capacity to love God and love Jesus. But the Holy Spirit comes down and they break out of that room. Physically, they go throughout the whole world, throughout that part of their world, sharing the message of Jesus. And 3,000 are baptised that day. So we can't underestimate our capacity. <coughs> pardon me, I have, I have a bit of smoke inhalation. We had a smoking ceremony and my throat's a bit, uh, a bit uh, dry, so pardon me. Um, we can't underestimate our capacity to go into diverse situations in a physical sense. Meeting with people that haven't heard the word of God. Meeting with people who we've argued. With people who have um, upset us or hurt us. We always have to remain diverse in our association with people because our understanding and experience of God helps to increase their experience of God. And we can't allow other people, when they come to speak to us, to push them away. Someone may be different in the way they think about God, but it's an important thing because the way they think about God might help us think about God in a different way and help us be richer. When someone blesses us with their understanding of God, we grow and are stronger for it. And I say all this because we are in the middle of reconciliation week. We are in the process of thinking about our reconciliation with our neighbours, our First Nation people. And sometimes we forget that where their journey started, it started with them being brought into unity with the European culture. They weren't brought into unity by having the purpose as brothers and sisters. They were brought into it by a forced conformity. You guys are living your life like that. That's not the way to do it. That's the wrong way to do it. This is the right way to do it. So we're going to force you into conforming with us and being united with us when we brought the gospel to this nation they had god they had a spirituality they understood god and as i spoke to uh, an elder from from um, the central coast in new south wales auntie eleonora when they brought when they finally heard about jesus they went yeah that's the person we've been waiting for that's that's our that's our that's our messiah all their spirituality had led them to understand that jesus was the messiah they didn't have to be forced to do that. But their breadth and depth and understanding of the dreaming, the Holy Spirit moving through their dreaming, God creator a being, God creating the, the, the country that they lived on. You see, the diversity that the First Nation people have in their spirituality, it doesn't threaten our ability to worship God. Indeed, it raises us up. When we understand that a culture has been around for 60,000 years and have waited to hear the message of Christ and have been faithful to that message and all of a sudden there he is. Our Lord appears for us as much as for them. So as we move through Reconciliation Week, we had our smoking ceremony at St Linus's. It was amazing. There were 30-odd people there. And we had a service straight afterwards and the service that we're doing today was the one that we had at St Linus's, And uh, we will have the same service again next week. So just because you missed the first part, it'll just be new to you next week. So don't worry, we'll catch up. And um, when we do that, when, when we have our service next week, of course at 10 o'clock there will be a smoking ceremony for us, for you to come and hear the story of from an elder and what it means to them, and how we can respect them and bring them into our worship space and allow their Holy Spirit of dreaming to be recognised as our Holy Spirit of God and to make those connections. And as we've said in the last few weeks, when we are connected in love through the Spirit, the Spirit will attract all those around us and bring us together as one in the body of Christ. The Lord be with you. Gracias.